Listen, um, today I'm excited because um, um, obviously it's water baptisms this afternoon and I'm really excited for water baptisms. Every time it's water baptism Sunday, I'm just excited just to see people go through the waters of baptism. Um, and we, as, as Paula said earlier, we've got 12 people signed up to be baptised. So listen, we want as many of us out there to support them, to cheer them on and to celebrate um, this thing that they're about to go through. And, and actually today, what I want to talk about is water baptism, because I think sometimes um, I want us to really get hold of why we're doing what we're doing and, and, and hopefully build faith in the room that actually as we go through this, uh, this moment this afternoon, that actually there'll be a faith applied to why we're doing it, amen? It won't just be a, oh, we're just getting baptized, but there'll be a faith in action that we'll actually see miracles break out, Amen. Um, Funny story about baptisms, I'll share this first. So about nine years ago, me and Pastor Stu were baptizing down um, the Eastney Beach, um, and uh, we was in in the water, and there was a funny smell in the air. Some of you might have been there, I don't remember yet. Some people probably guessed already what's going to happen. So anyway, there was this kind of smell that I just didn't question. I was like, yeah, it's a bit weird, but just get on. And then like, as we were getting out of the water... Like, I was like to Stu, I said, my skin feels weird. Like, it was like there was like a film coating over my skin or something. I was like, this is weird. I was like, and it smells a bit funny. I'm like, ah, crack on, we'll just keep baptizing. Next day, I come into the office, and Pastor Stu's got this news article up, and the uh, sewage pipes had leaked down Eastney Beach. And I'm like, oh, brilliant. We were baptizing in human waste of some kind. But hey, that ain't going to happen today, praise God, because the pipes are sealed in Jesus' name. But it was just weird. It's never happened since. It was just the fact that I could feel this coat. And it was like, oh, this is the, that was the, yeah, it was gross. So I was like, afterwards, I said to Stu, that's disgusting. I'm like, no, that is so horrible. But the fact both of us knew it and we didn't even think to question anything. We just cracked on. It was mad. But listen, I'm excited this afternoon to see people being baptized. But listen, what is baptism? We're going to have a look at that. The, 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 hands up if you've been baptized. Come on, there's a whole heap. Yeah, fantastic. And I love that. Because sometimes, sometimes it's good to remember the baptism and why we went through it, you know, because it's important to remember what it represents in our life. But baptism literally means to undergo. Some of you will mean this, undergo or be immersed. So it doesn't mean to be sprinkled with water. It doesn't mean to like have a splashing of water. It means to be immersed, like fully pushed under the water, um, to be dipped under, as, as you would know, a, a full baptism. And the water, as you would know, represents the ground. It represents life being buried and new life coming up again okay it represents the old going and the new come and we get this from Romans 6 verses 3 to 4 which says this and this is the apostle Paul speaking to the church in Rome he says do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead By the glory of the Father, even so, we should also walk in newness of life. Amen? So we were buried with him. We recognize ourselves dead. We were buried with him and raised to newness of life. I love that. So this water baptism that we're going on is the Bible calls it the a, a baptism of repentance. You know, we have to, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, haven't we? And Pastor Micah came and brought that incredible message about Pentecost being filled with the Spirit. Who loved that? That was awesome, right? It was such a, such a great time. But Today, what we're talking about is a, a baptism of repentance. It's that outward baptism in the water um, that actually um, we read of in, in the Gospels. Mark 1 uh, to 4 says this, And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So that's what it is, a baptism of repentance. Repentance means to turn around, to have a change of mind. 
We come to a place where we say, actually, I don't want to live like this anymore, and I'm going to now live for God. That's what it means, represents. I always thought John the Baptist was the starter of the Baptist church when I was a naive young Christian. I thought, oh, was that the guy that must have... Oh, bear in mind, I never grew up as a Christian, so forgive me. I thought, oh, John the Baptist, he must have started the Baptist church. I was just silly. Obviously not. He was just the guy that baptized people. The Baptist church was many, many, many years later. But listen, he isn't the starter of the Baptist church, but the Baptist church, what they believe in is exactly what we believe in, in the sense of baptizing people in water for the forgiveness of sins, for the remission of sins, for the forgiveness of sin. And this is what John did. He went before Jesus to lead the way and to baptize people for the remissions of sins, ready for the saviour of the world to enter in. Come on, this is exciting. This must have been stirring people when they saw John the Baptizer, this wild man who, who ate locusts in the wilderness. I mean, this guy was nuts. If we saw him, we'd be like, stay away from him, kids. Do not go near him. Um, but you know what? He was God's chosen person. That's the a, that's a truth there, that sometimes actually God's chosen people isn't always what we want it to look like. God's chosen people doesn't always fit the way the world paints it to be. God's chosen people sometimes are the most unlikely people that we would look at and go, why would I want to go near them? Yet God's holy vessel was within him, calling out the Savior of the world is on his way. Come on, this is exciting stuff. So baptism isn't just a religious ceremony. It's obedience to the life that has turned away from the world and turned to God. Um, As a kid, I grew up, as I just said, as a a non-Christian. I didn't grow up with any kind of Christian value as such. Um, a lot of you will know my testimony, my story. If you ever watched EastEnders, that was the picture of my life. It was just drama to drama. My mum will testify of that. It was just constant drama of some way or another. Do you know what I mean? And, and life was chaotic. But for some reason, in our family, kids got christened. No relevance to the church. We didn't like go to church. We didn't have any of that. But I think what it was, because there was a big party afterwards, it was just like, get him christened, and we'll have a right old rave afterwards. And I think that's what it was for us as kids. Like, just get him back, just get him sprinkled with the water. I don't know, someone must have had some kind of belief or something. I don't know. But for me, I knew nothing. I was just sat there getting my head sprinkled, thinking, what's going on? What's happening? And then afterwards, there was a party at my nan's house. But listen, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about today about children being christened. See, we believe at Family Church in child dedication. Bringing a child... To, to the hands of God, to the, to the place of God, and saying, God, we put them in your hands, we trust them. But to be baptized, you have to be of understanding. I can't choose for my kids to be baptized because they've not made that decision to follow God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So baptism of repentance is when us of a, our own sound mind say, I no longer want to walk like this, I'm going to now walk for God. And a baby can't do that. A child may, but we need to make sure that they fully understand why they're doing what they're doing. Amen? But it's all about turning away from that world, the way of living that's dark, that's filthy, and turning to God, full of life, full of joy, receiving that newness of life. And you know what? We're going to look at just a couple of examples in the, in the New Testament, and I'm going to want to give a visual example from the Old Testament, if that's okay. So Jesus and the early church. Jesus is our example, right? Jesus is our example in life. We look to him for all that we do. He's our, the one we follow. He's our saviour. And Jesus himself was baptised. And it says this in Mark 1, 9 to 11. At the time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son in whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus went down into the waters. He wasn't doing it because he was sinful. We must understand that. Jesus wasn't being forgiven of sins. He was doing it 
as a picture of what his followers would do, as a picture of the one going before us. And we'll see that a bit later as we look into the Old Testament. Jesus wasn't a sinner. He was perfect. Everyone knows that, right? Jesus was perfect. That's why he went to the cross. He was the perfect sacrifice that when his blood was shed, it made us whole, it made us fresh, and it made us revived, it made us new, amen? But Hebrews 7.26 says he's perfect. He was sinless. He was above sin, but he went as an example. He went as the one before that would go and show the way. But I love it that at that moment of baptism in water, there was the Spirit of God descending as well. There was the peace of God descending upon his life. Come on, there's something that happens in a baptism of water where it's spiritual. God's spirit is moving. This is what I want to stir today. This isn't just a physical thing that we're doing today. This is a spiritual thing that we're going to believe God to set people free, to bring peace into people's lives. Amen? So also an act of baptism or water baptism is an act of obedience because Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, the Great Commission, he mentions about why we should baptize. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you to the very end of age. The very Great Commission involves a baptism of repentance. It's speaking of that, yes, you are a disciple, but disciples get baptized. And there's a picture of that throughout the book of Acts. Um, You know, the whole book of Acts, which we're going to look at now, is full of people being baptized on their confession in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the very first moment is Acts 2.38. Everyone will be familiar with this, the sermon where Peter stands up and gives this incredible sermon. And this is what he says in 2.38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, when he stood up, the very declaration that he was making was to turn around, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. See, not just turn around and just walk on, but there was an act of outward evidence and that was the act of obedience to going into the water and coming up again it was the sign that you no longer live according to the world but you live according to God's way amen this is what baptism is verse 41 it says this those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day that's an incredible message that he must have given you know that that must have been so much power in it And then that must have been a huge baptismal service because 3,000 people, that would have been like some conveyor belt, all in, do you know what I mean? That's incredible. They were all baptized, they were all converted, and they were all made a decision to say, I no longer live, now I'm living for Christ. And an outward declaration was that they were baptized in the water and came up afresh. See, it's not a bolt on extra in my eyes and in my look at the Bible. It's not something that we can choose to do. I think, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not really up for that bit because we can't pick and choose the things we do, right? Right? Because if, if that's the case, I could say, well, yeah, I, I, I'll do the love bit, but I'm not going to do the forgiveness bit. But then God causes us to, cause, asks us to forgive. He asks us to walk in love. He asks us to forgive. And one of the other things we do is to be baptized. And there's power in it. And I'm going to share a little bit of my story in a minute of the power of baptism. And you'll know that, that kind of I'm an all-in guy. So when I hear that you've got to do something, I'm just on it. I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's do everything 100 miles an hour. That's me. You know, it's a step of faith and a declaration to the world that God's made me new. I love that. It's you standing there to the world and saying, you no longer have hold on me. You and everything in the past no longer has hold on me. Christ is now in me and I now live for Christ. That's what it is. It's that outward declaration. And even if you have been baptized a long time ago, please bring to remembrance what happened that day. 
Don't forget the power of what happened that day. Don't let the enemy rob you of what happened that day. Amen? So here's Peter in this first moment, giving this sermon, and immediately 3,000 people were baptized. So here we see in the book of Acts, the very first moment, water baptism is happening. And then um, a little bit further on in Acts 8, Acts 8, 12 to 13, we come across the Samaritans, and it's Philip, the evangelist, that's now preaching. It says this, but when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus, at, at the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. See, every time there was a confession, a belief, there was a baptism of repentance, a turning away from old and entering into new. It's a pattern throughout the Bible. And then we come across in Acts 8, 34 to 38, it's Philip on, on the move again. And he's got this Ethiopian eunuch that he's kind of, um, he's with. And the guy's trying to understand the Bible. He's trying to understand the scrolls in Isaiah. And I love this thing because actually this takes all ceremonial understanding of baptism out the way. And the guy says, so it says this, I'll read it. So verse 34, it says, so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this of himself or of some other man? So he's looking at the prophet Isaiah's writings. And then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to the water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Come on, look at the powerful declaration. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. When you proclaim that, there's power in that. Then I believe, come on, that Jesus Christ is the son of God. It's such a declaration of power. So he commanded the chariot to stand still and then both Philip and eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him see there was no ceremony to it there was no incense and like kind of ceremonial thing it was just I believe in Jesus I'm turning away from my sin and now I'm following you and an outward sign of that is I'm going in the water who knows what that water looked like could have just been just some any old water do you know what you can be baptized in a bath if you want to I mean, you won't fit everyone in your bathroom. You might have a big bathroom, but you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to look a certain way. I've known people to be baptized in rivers. I've known people to be baptized in lakes. It doesn't have to look a ceremonial way in this... It's it's basically an outward declaration of you saying, God, I belong to you, and I don't belong to the world anymore. We don't always have to make a big ceremony of it, but this is what we do need to have, faith. When we apply faith to our baptism... I believe something breaks off of our life. Something shifts off of our life. There's such power in it because of what it represents. And you know, in the book of Acts, there's around 17 accounts of the word baptism and this moment where baptism takes place for any reason. Some are like quick quick little bursts like that where just people are believing and getting baptized. The apostle Paul, his scales fall off his eyes. What did he do immediately? Get baptized in water and then started moving in the power of God and started walking in the power of God because that's what it is. It's just a simple sign to say to the world, he's, he's mine now, I belong to him, and I'm not of this world. So just as I said, I would love to go through the Old Testament, just a couple, couple bits in there that I want to look at, where there's this visual picture of baptism in our life. And I'm going to start in Exodus uh, 13 where we look at the children of Israel. Now, everyone will be familiar with the children of Israel. Maybe if you're not that familiar with church, you would have heard of the characters like Moses and these kind of people. So... Moses, we know, went before Pharaoh, and he did that classic thing, set my people free, and there was this whole battle that went on of, no, I'm not going to do it, and yes, you should, and then did it back and forth, back and forth, and eventually, Pharaoh said, okay, I'll set you free, and we're going to join the story here in, in, in Exodus 13, 17 to 18. 
Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by way of wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. So here we have hundreds of slaves, thousands and thousands of slaves that have just been set free. Could you imagine what that must have felt like? That your life one moment was in bondage and in slavery, then the next moment you're walking in, vic- in freedom, just walking out. Like That must have felt so liberating, so victorious, so, wow, like a big... What's just happened? Generations of people have just been literally released from this bondage, from this slavery. But I love it because God doesn't lead them the easy way either. He says, lest they get fearful for what they see there, I'll take them the more difficult way and lead them by the sea. And I love that because God often protects us. He watches over us because he knows what we can handle and what we can't handle. And he doesn't want us ever turning back because things look too difficult. So sometimes he'll lead us beside a difficult way but it's actually protecting us from something even more difficult that's over here, amen? God is a good God. He looks over every part of our life. So when you're looking at your path and thinking, why is this happening? Trust God has got it in control, amen? But listen, something interesting happens in this moment, and this can happen with every single one of us. These guys have decided that they're free. They're walking in this victory. They're walking in this freedom. They've stepped out, and then all of a sudden, their old life starts chasing them. The old life starts calling out to them. And we read this in Exodus 4, 14, 5 to 6. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled. They've gone now. And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? Why have we let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariots and took his people with him. So the Egyptians, this is verse 9, pursued them, all the horses and the chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them. Camping by the sea beside Pith-heroth before Baal-zephon. So here the people have been set free. Come on, you can be familiar with this. Sometimes we see this victory in our life, this bit of freedom. And then all of a sudden the voice of the world starts crying out, come back, come back, come back. And this was what was happening. These people had been set free and now the voice of the past was trying to drag them back into what they had been set free from. And God's plan was just to take them to the edge of the sea because he was about to do a miracle. See, God's plan was seeing the bigger picture of it because he knew how to break the past off of their lives completely. And it involved this moment of going through sea. In Exodus 14, 21 to 23, we read this moment that they've come to the edge of the water. I'm sure they would have been confused because like, God, you've led us here in front of a heap of water. Like, what is this about? And then God instructs Moses what to do. Don't you love that God will instruct you what to do in your most difficult times? That's why it's so important to be able to hear the voice of God. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind. And that word wind is ruach, and it means his spirit. It was his spirit that went forward and blew the winds. Come on, isn't God amazing? His spirit was there right in the presence as Moses stood up and asked, pushed this this staff up and stretched out his hand. God's spirit then moved. And it's strong east wind all night. And it says, and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground and the waters were wall to wall open. 
to them on their right and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. So here you have the children of Israel gone into this kind of mammoth war. Who knows what it looked like? But then their past was desiring them. It was following them, pursuing them, trying to get hold of them. And then we read on the story in verses 27 to 30. Then the Lord said to Moses, this is when they've reached the other side, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, on the chariots, on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen and all the army. Of Pharaoh. They came into the sea after them, not as much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel walked on dry land in the midst of the sea of the waters, where a wall to them on the right and on to the left. This is the bit I love. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw Egyptians dead on the seashore. See, they went through this water, this moment of, I've been set free, but they were passed through the waters of baptism, and then they looked behind, and what did they see? Everything their past represented was dead on the shore. It was killed off, it was cut off, it was free. Come on, when we go through the waters of baptism, we're looking back and saying, it's dead. My old life is no longer here, it's cut off. Don't ever let the enemy remind you That's who you are. Because when you go through the waters of baptism, you need to turn around and look on the seashore of your life and say, no, it's dead. Every part of my old life is dead there. Obedience to God through the water left the old life cut off. Let me remind you of Romans 6, 3 and 4. Do you not know that as many of you were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Come on. As we go through the waters of baptism, we're saying goodbye to the old you. And there's something powerful about it. We can declare Jesus is saved. Jesus isn't saving us through the waters of baptism. Salvation isn't happening through the waters of baptism. What's happening is there's a cutting off. There's a visual cutting off of the old and saying, I'm no longer that person. I'm removed from that. And your flesh is lining up with your spirit. See, your spirit man is renewed. The waters of baptism is an outward sign of the evidence on the inside of what's happened. It's your flesh saying, oh, okay, so we we are literally going through this. We are dying to self and being born to God. Amen? See, through the waters of baptism, we have that visual reminder of our old life being put to death. We have to be taken from an old way of living and then just cut off. And Galatians 2.20 says this, one of my most favorite scriptures. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ now lives in me, which I now live in the flesh by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, the life we now live in the flesh is no longer our life. It's the life that God has given us. It's the brand new life, the life full of peace, the life full of joy, the life full of wholeness, the life full of healing. Come on, this is the life we now live. Galatians 5.24 says, Those who are, who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. See, the children of Israel were taken through a very visual picture of what baptism is. So they could look behind them and see that their old life no longer existed. Even if they wanted to resurrect it, it was dead on the seashore. It was gone. It was done with. Life is now brand new. Amen. And they went forward into this moment in the wilderness. See, sometimes in our life, we have to look, what is pursuing us? Is there things that are pursuing you right now that need to be put to death? Maybe it's drink. It's a very real problem in the world. Maybe it's gossip. 
Maybe we have this problem that is kind of hindering us and calling at us. Do you know what it needs to do? It needs to be put to death. And how we do that is we walk through the waters of baptism and we turn as a sign of repentance and turning away from the old way and walking in to all that God has for us. And if you've been baptized before, it's a reminder when that voice comes calling that it's dead and therefore has no power over you. Amen? I remember, as I said, being baptized. Now, I was saved for January. I came in in the January. We went through this thing called Discovery, which is like the Welcome Home course. And um, like, like I said, I like kind of I quite, quite, when I'm into something, I'm into it. And I'm like, I'm leaning in. I'm like, okay, I need to learn everything that's going on here. And then one of the subjects was baptized, be baptized. And I'm like, what is this? Like, and then in my head, I was like, I had a Christian. I think I've done this. But then they taught me properly what it meant. And I thought, okay, I need to do this. So it was April the 3rd, 2009. I'll never forget it. I remember um, I'd been set free from drink. I'd completely, God had liberated me. I remember like God, there was no longer a drink problem, a drug problem in my life. But I remember I was still smoking at the time. And I remember going to this baptism service in Gosport with my, 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 my Benson and Hedges cigarettes back in the day when the gold packet was the gold packet. And I, was remember, I remember going into this uh, baptism service and, I, and I, was, I didn't know, I just had them. I just knew that thing. And I remember standing in this moment before the water, and this was like a, you know, a hole in the floor type job. And, um, and I remember saying, this is, I'm doing this as an outward sign. And I was terrified. So like, you're going to have to, you want to say something? And I'm like, you're having a laugh. I don't want to say anything. Like, I just want to get in and go. Like, but and any, something rose up within me and said, no, I'm going to declare something with, by faith. Because this is the application of faith. Faith speaks. Faith moves. Faith has action. And so by faith, I stood by the edge of that water, terrified, not really knowing anyone except my connect group leaders, Glenn and GQs and, and a couple of others. And they were supporting me. And I remember saying to them, I remember saying to this crowd of people just looking at me, uh, say, like, and I just said, this is, I'm doing this because God set me free. And this is an outward sign of everything that's happened on the in, inside of who I am. And I remember just feeling the presence of God. And I got down in the waters. I came up. Do you know, I never smoked a cigarette again. That cigarette, that was gone, done. Went out, snap, bye-bye. Why? Because the outward evidence of it. Yeah, th- th- this is exactly it. This is the power of baptism. See, the, ba- the water didn't, didn't um, make me kind of snap those cigarettes. What happened is, by faith, my flesh lined up with what happened on the inside of me at salvation. See, at salvation, you're set free. At salvation, you're delivered. At salvation, you're made whole. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has that's it. So that's what happens at salvation immediately on the inside. But your flesh is a bit silly sometimes and doesn't always want to line up with that. And your old thinking says, no, 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 no. Keep doing a bit of this. Keep doing a bit of that. But what happened at baptism was I cut that flesh away. And I, my body lined up in that moment. And I no longer needed to smoke again. And I no longer needed the desire of it. It was gone. I'm like, I'm done. God is good. He sets you free from the bondages of this world. Just like the children of Israel, I look back and see it dead on the seashore, never to be resurrected again, never to be taken up again. The same as drugs, the same as drink, and every other thing that comes against the name of God. Amen? So here we have um, this moment I love. Because as I come to an end with this, what I love about God is as he brings the children of Israel through the baptism waters, he isn't bringing them just to bring them to the wilderness, but bring them to the promised land. See, there's always a promised land when he's doing something. And there's such a fantastic story, because often we know the story of Moses going through the, the, the Red Sea, but we sometimes forget Joshua. 
in Joshua 3, as they've walked through the wilderness these 40 years, and it's been a bit of an up and down ride. Anyone else have life like that? It's a bit like this, and it's a bit like believing one minute and not the next. And then all of a sudden, Joshua is encouraged to take the children to the promised land. The moment has come where they're about to enter, and they come to the edge of the Jordan River. And we have another baptismal service of some kind, because what happens in this moment is Joshua is told, and I won't read the scriptures, but you can read it all in Joshua 3, um, about what happens in this moment. What, what God asks is that the priest goes before, carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and as he goes in, the waters start pouring aside, either side, and then the children of Israel pass through the water again into the promised land, and then as the priest then leaves, the waters close up again. Come on, this is the same Jordan River that Jesus went through. Joshua means Jesus. Jesus is our great high priest and he carries the presence of God. Come on, God was always foretelling this picture of water baptism that as you go through, following the pattern of Jesus, you will be set free and brought through of the wilderness way of living into a promised land and you will have newness of life with power, with joy, with the privileges of a son and child of God. Come on, God was always foretelling this. From the very beginning, that actually the waters of baptism are not just a religious ceremony. They are the power to cut away the old and allow you to walk into the promised land and everything God has for you. Sometimes we just think, I don't need to be baptized. It's just an added extra. Do you know, you're missing out. You're missing out on so many good things because God does something in a water baptism where it just removes almost the dirt of your life and gives you a fresh start in your mind and in your spirit and just every part of you feels renewed. So my encouragement today is this. I've got a couple things. If you've not been baptised, please come and speak to us. We can baptise you today. You need to be baptised because I think there's power in it. I encourage every single person that puts their faith in Jesus to be baptised. But also, if you've been baptised before and life is starting to feel a bit heavy, I want you to do something as you leave today. I want you to tell that old life that's feeling heavy that you know it no longer lives, but Christ now lives in you. And the life of Christ should be flowing. And actually, this old life that the enemy's trying to pursue you with is dead on the seashore of Egypt. And it no longer has a power over you, amen? But Christ has power over you. Christ who went before you, your great high priest who looks over you, has got you by his hand and is leading you through the waters of baptism to the promised land. Amen. Come on, let's just close our eyes for a moment. Let's just get our focus and attention on our King. Jesus, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you lead us, not just aimlessly, but for reason, for purpose. You lead us to the promised land, to the newness of life. Lord, through death, burial and resurrection, just like the children of Israel who were held in captivity, that were set free through recognition of death in the Red Sea, through burial in the wilderness and newness of life in the promised land. So Lord, I speak promised land life over every person here today. Let faith arise. Lord, may every heart desire to be baptised into newness of life I pray and if you're here today and you've not even started a relationship with Jesus Jesus will change your life 
He's the saviour of the world and he died to remove sin off of your life. Sin is simply this, not being able to match up to God's standard. None of us can. We all need a saviour. We all need someone to make way for us. And the name that has done it is Jesus Christ, who shed his blood on the cross 2,000 years ago. And that blood still speaks today. And it says, forgiven, loved and accepted. Forgiven, loved and accepted. It doesn't matter what you've got wrong. It doesn't matter the mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter the people you've hurt. God's love is being poured out today in this room because of what he did 2,000 years ago. And if you need to say, Jesus, I need to get right with you. Jesus, I need a relationship with you. He simply invites you into it. The Bible says when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Set free, that's it. You don't pay for it, you simply receive it. And so if that's you today, we're going to pray a simple prayer and everyone will pray this and we're going to invite Jesus into our heart and our new life is going to come immediately. So just repeat this after me, church. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me and you rose again to newness of life. I'm turning away from my old way And now I follow you, Jesus, every day of my life. Amen. Listen, just keep your eyes closed just for a moment. If you need to make a decision to get right with God, this is an eternal decision. For all eternity, you will be made whole with, with Christ. Do a simple thing so I can pray for you. If there's anyone here today that needs to get right with God, just to simply put your hand up. Is there anyone here? There's a hand at the back. We won't take too long. Father, I just thank you for the one hand that may have gone up there, Lord. I just pray, Father, for every person here that is right with you, Lord. I pray the old life be broken off, delivered, set free and made whole. And Father, I pray for family members represented here where there are people in the home that are struggling. May your anointing blow over, Lord. May children come home in Jesus' name. Salvation to every member of the household in Jesus' name. Father, we declare, let the lost children come home. Let lost parents come home. Let lost grandparents come home. Let salvation reign through everyone here, Lord, we declare in Jesus' name. And Father, we just thank you for all the good things you're about to do today as we get to witness incredible things um, at the beach, as people get baptized, Lord. We pray your power would manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that's the end. Um, 2.30 this afternoon, Eastney Beach. If you can be there, we're going to be meeting up the kind of top and we'll, we'll, t- we'll head down. So try and get there if you can. Um, I think that's it. We're all good. If you've got kids, remember to go and collect them. Have a great week, Family Church.